What's up, worshipers? This is your host, Alicia Cole, on the Tandem Hope Worship Collective podcast, THWC. We call it The Wick for short because we want the Holy Spirit, the fire of the Holy Spirit to just be the center of our lives as we walk with Christ, which is what this series is going to be about, living the character of Christ. This is a three-part episode with our guests Alexi Torres and Rachel Hicks, who are really good friends of mine. So stay tuned. So I'm excited today, <laughs> recording a podcast with my friends Alexi and Rachel, who are our guests today. So why don't you introduce yourself and share something interesting? Uh, my name is uh, Alexi Torres. Um, really good friends with Alicia and Rachel. Uh, I am an assistant pastor at Neighborhood Church uh, in Adrian, Michigan. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. I don't know what else to a say. A quirky fact. Um, quirky fact is I'm still not sure what quirky means. <laughs> so, um, I think it means random. Is that? Yeah, interesting. Something that makes you unique. Unique. Oh man. You know, this may sound weird, just a little bit. But if I see anybody walking a dog, regardless of who it is, I will stop that person to pet their dog. I think that's a lovely quirk to have. <laughs> I prefer it not being called a quirk. <laughs> I prefer it not to be called a quirk. I prefer the term random facts. So. <laughs> All right, and our second guest. Uh, I'm Rachel Hicks, and I'm a nurse at one of the university hospitals in the area. And fun fact, I guess, is I love my fur babies, and I have two of them. <laughs> what are their names? Charlie and Toby. What kind of breed are they? Uh, Toby is a Labradoodle and Charlie is a Shisu. But Toby doesn't really look like a Labradoodle. He doesn't. No. He's a doodleless doodle. <laughs> Mostly chocolate lab. <laughs> <laughs> so if you hear some weird noises in the background, they're chewing on some bones right now to preoccupy them. Oh, oh, All right. So today oh. we're going to talk about living like Christ. You guys ready to? <laughs> you guys ready to jump in? It's like water break. <laughs> it's like water break. <laughs> it's the water boy when you need one. <laughs> yeah. So, if we're discovering how to best live like Christ, how then did Christ live when He walked among us? I think perfectly fulfilling the will of the Father. Um, we see Christ coming with a mission to fulfill our righteousness, uh, to forgive us of our sins via the cross, um, and to give us the righteousness that we were not able to obtain in and of ourselves. Mm -hmm. That is the perfect answer, but what does that mean and what does that look like? I, th I think that from before the foundation of the world, um, the Bible speaks in, I think it's Revelation thir Revelations 13, 9. Uh, speaks about the lamb that was slain before time. I think so before the foundations of the world, uh, God had actually designed a plan to where he would glorify himself. Um, and I think the highest kind of like the epiphany of God glorifying himself is the cross where man out of his free will sins and then God out of his predestined plan actually steps in to redeem 
uh, his people. Um, and he steps in and Jesus actually dies for us on the cross in order to redeem us. Um, and we see his perfect life of obedience, which is given to us on our behalf that we might be declared righteous um, or in other words, in the right. Um, and we see Christ taking away our sins. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Thank you for Rachel is taking care of the dogs. <laughs> Speaking of the fur um, babies. So yes. <laughs> so yeah, let's let's go back to the question because Rachel missed a bit. If we're discovering how best to live like Christ, how then did Christ live when he walked among us? And Alexi gave a really theological answer. It was the perfect answer, right? But in layman's terms, like what is that what does that mean? How did Christ live when he was on this earth? Um, I mean I think he, he shared a lot of the the qualities of what, I mean, we're called to as far as loving others, as far as the way he lived in community. Um, yeah, just the way, I mean, he was, he was, his ministry, he was focused on his ministry and doing God's will. Um, and that by doing that, he, um, I don't know, just the way he communicated to people, the way he taught people, the way he he loved others, and and just, you know, you just saw God's character, the way he wants us to, um, ourselves. I mean, he was the perfect example of how we're to live and how we're supposed to interact with others around us. So, yeah, Absolutely. So hearing from both of you, just there's a plan. There's a plan, and, and through all of that, um, we're called to obedience and to love like Christ. So what do you think are some of the top 10 words we find in scripture that describes Jesus's actions? So you, you kept saying like um, to be obedient to the father's will and you were saying to love others well. well. There's two. What else we have? I think the best, um, we we get to do ten. You get to so, do ten. ten. I mean, good we're ones. only at two. Good thing they're not in order, because that'd be tough. But I think love. I think it's like it's like the biggest factor of why he does it. It's he does it out of love. Um, holy. Everything he does is holy. Everything he does is distinct. Everything he does is different. Everything he does is with a purpose. Um, holy. I think those two words come to mind. Love mm-hmm. and holy. I think healer comes to mind for me, um, just the amount of uh, miracles and things that he did. And he didn't just he didn't just see one um, problem. He was a healer, but he was also a provider. For instance, he would be teaching on the hillside and things. And it wasn't that he was just after the spiritual thing, which is is the most important part. But he was also he tells his disciples, you feed the people. And and so he saw their physical need and things, too. And then uh, something else that popped out to me, and especially in the society we live in, in the fast paced culture, Jesus withdrew and he spent time alone with his father praying. And so I think that's a, a big thing that he showed us as well is that through his actions of just withdrawing and spending that alone time with his father to be refilled and to, to get to the place he needed to be so he could pour out so that he could love other people and things. I mean, in that answer already, you already gave like seven examples. You said he withdrew and he poured out you know, some action word, words because we're supposed to live like him, right? Um, but like Jesus, we have to withdraw and be 
and receive from God, receive from the Holy Spirit and be empowered to pour out. Um, Jesus taught, Jesus healed. Um, he was, he provided. Yeah. Any other action words you guys can think of too? I'm thinking of, um, he comforts. Yeah. 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 Those, I mean, um, blessed be those who mourn, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they shall be. And, and when, you know, he wept, um, yeah. when he found out, you know, he, the people were, I think it was with Lazarus, correct? Yeah. Um, he found out he had died and then he wept with those people, you know, just that grief that he felt with those others. And I'm sure that was comforting to the people that were. And I, I think that's so interesting. Cause like, it seems like, cause it seems like, uh, our pain is also his pain when he was walking. Like he wasn't absent. Mm-hmm. He was not absent. And I think you mentioned that where he's crying over Lazarus. Uh, he's crying. He's seeing the pain that they're actually in, and he doesn't. He's not absent in that pain. He actually steps into it um, and fixes it. Um, he feels with us. He yeah. feels with us. Um, he is his heart is broken when 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 we're heartbroken, and he feels that pain. Um, and I think that's just like his the qualities as a father to us, where you just see that heart of a father in Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's good. Oh, oh. What about you personally? What characteristics of Christ has has he expressed to you all of those? I'm sure, but what what stands out? What what quality or characteristic of of Jesus has really stuck out to you? Um, I guess the first two that kind of pop into my head is loving others well, um, and patience, um, working on those kind of things. Um, uh, I feel like uh, one of my giftings is hospitality and just kind of um, serving other people. And so um, allowing him to fill me up so that I can pour into other people. And then also just having that patience to love them well, even though many times people aren't on the same timetable as I am or on the same schedule or things that I would want, you know, me personally would want them to be. And so he, you know, challenges me in that and and those heart changes that he can make just to, yeah, meet people where they're at and show them his love. So. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, is it so, is the question more like how, how God is encouraged yeah. us? Well, like what, what quality or characteristic of Christ stands out to you, like in your life or you personally, or what is he teaching? Which one's expressed in my life? Yeah, more? that he has expressed of himself to you like like for instance just uh to be pursued um relentlessly you know and 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 i need to accept jesus i need to accept um you know god to work in my heart and in my life um but no matter what i do wrong he is just it's it's unconditional love you know what I mean? And um, I've needed that. I've needed that all throughout my life, each day from the past. So no, I, th- I think yeah, there's something to that where it's like the unconditional love, uh, where it's like he doesn't stop. Um, I, I, I have my, in my journal uh, when I was living in Florida, when uh, I was like praying to God in my journal. And I was like, God, like, when, you, when are you going to stop? Like, when, when are you just going to leave me alone? Like when you're just going to let me be happy. Clearly our joy is only found in Jesus, but I'm trying to find it in other places. I'm just like, God, when are you going to leave me alone? When are you, you going to stop loving me? Like, could you please just like get off my back? 
Um, and he just would not stop. He would just continue to pursue and to pursue and to pursue. And just seeing how God would just do that, I think that sometimes the way God works in us um, causes us to work in the lives of others. So I think like that relentless pursuit, trying to do that in in my friends, pursuing them, encouraging them mm. to seek the Lord even in their dry spots. So I think uh, trying to encourage others the way Christ has encouraged me. Um, something that kind of came to mind when Alexi was talking also, um, Christ um, pursuing me, but also um, getting a, even a little bit more personal here. Um, I have an autoimmune disease, um, adult onset stills disease. And Christ, one of his actions is healer. And so um, I've prayed for healing for years, but have not been healed from that. However, um, I have seen ways that God has healed me in so many other ways, though not physically, um, the healing he's brought emotionally and um, mentally and spiritually from just things in my past. And so uh, just remembering he is good. <laughs> God is good. He's a good father. And sometimes um, we want him to do a certain thing or we want things to look a certain way. But he sees the big picture and he knows, he truly knows what's best for us. And so um, realizing that I can trust him with that, that he is my provider, he is my healer. And though it may not look like I want it to right this minute, um, it doesn't change who he is. It doesn't change that he's still good and that he's still taking care of me. And he is still all those things that we listed even as actions of Christ and of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> I think one thing that I've found in talking with people about God or, or Jesus and um, as some, you know, I don't know the best way to say it, but as some may say, you know, the mysteriousness of the Holy Spirit, I don't know what other adjective to use because um, growing up, I didn't have a good understanding of, of who the Holy Spirit was. Um, so I feel like not as many people attend to that when we're talking about Um, do you believe in God? Do you believe in Jesus? And what I find is most people don't have a problem with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Most people have a problem with who they believe God is um, and the characteristics of God. Is God really good? And we'll talk more about that in um, some other podcast episodes too. I'm excited to do with you guys more about some Q&A questions and stuff. But um, how do you yeah, how do you reconcile that? How do you best describe who God is and who Jesus is and how are they intertwined? Because I know there's differences in opinion about the Trinity and, um, yeah. Yeah, I think a proper definition of who God is is super important. Because I think um, the vast majority of people believe in God, but I think the question is, which God? Mm. Yet people might say, yeah, I believe in Jesus, but the question mm. is, which Jesus? Because um, I think we have this habit of just wanting to make our own gods in our own mind that that fit our lifestyle. Um, and really what we're just doing is we're just creating idols. Um, we're just serving ourselves. We, we have ourselves as God. Um, so I think it's, it's proper. I think the, the, the Bible describes this God as, as, as one, one being, one what, who exists as three who's. Is one what, one being, and these three who's are the person of the Father, the person of the Son, and the person of the Spirit. Um, and what was the last part of the question? How do you use the spirit and the Jesus going to twine? Well, yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. yeah. Like I, who is the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Because I think a lot of people don't touch on that topic. Yeah. They yeah. folk I mean, if you think about it, I feel like there's a lot of people who focus on God and Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But there's this myster- mysterious yeah. third person here. Yeah. You see in the Bible in, in John I think it's 15 or 16, where the spirits constantly referred to as he, 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 he. In the Psalm says he, he was there during creation. Um, and, and, it's, and the epistles, it speaks about the spirit having feelings. You see all of these qualities of personhood. So we see that the spirit is a person. But then you see in Acts chapter five where the Holy Spirit is called God himself. He is God. He is that third person of the Trinity. He's not less or greater than the son or the father, but he's uh, co-equal and co-eternal with the other persons of the Trinity. He is that one. He is with that one being of God, though he exists as a distinct person from the son and the father. Yeah, no, that's good. Thank you for clarifying that. And because when I grew up in um, the religious tradition that I did, it wasn't really clear, you know, and and I didn't realize that until coming into adulthood. I was like, wait a second. I don't think I I truly can articulate who the Trinity is. Right. Um, And there's also some division in that. And we can talk about that later. But um, it's true because some some people think that you know, who do we think Jesus is? Because some yeah. people think, is he a liar, a lunatic, or a legend? Is he a revolutionary? Is he just a spiritual being, um, a great yeah. spiritual leader? But no, you're saying he's creator and savior. Yeah. 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 I think you see that over and over. And that's like, uh, everybody recognized that. When you see the life of Christ, when he, when you see the man uh, who's, who's, who's a paraplegic in Christ, uh, tells him to, to get up and walk. And he, he says that he forgives his sins. Even the Pharisees who did not believe Jesus was the Christ, they they accused him of blasphemy because he, they said, uh, who is this man who can, who, who can forgive sins? Only God can forgive sins. So Jesus, by forgiving sins, was claiming to, to be God. Um, we see in the, in the Old Testament where uh, it says, uh, the Lord uh, is my light and my salvation, right? Yahweh is my light and my salvation. Jesus comes and says, uh, I am the light of the world. You see in the Old Testament, um, it says uh, Yahweh uh, is, is our shepherd. Um, that Psalms 23, uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Um, Jesus comes and he says, I am the good shepherd. Um, in the Old Testament, you see, I think it's in Isaiah 45-ish, somewhere around there, mm-hmm. where it says, uh, uh, where, where Jehovah says, I am the first and the last. Outside, I, outside of me, there is no God. Jesus Christ says in, in Revelations 2, 8, I am the Alpha and the Omega, I am the first and the last. So all you you see Jesus actually taking all of the names of God from the Old Testament, applying mm. it to himself, and he reveals that he's actually Yahweh in the flesh. He's actually God incarnated. He's the incarnation of the God of the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so good. You're so articulate with that, and I, I have such a hard time explaining that myself, so thank you for saying that so well. And I think something that, I mean, Jesus continually amazes me, because even with all of that authority and power, yeah. um, he still submitted in obedience to the Father's will. Yeah. And we are to be like Christ where we submit to the Father's will. And it can be hard, like you said, Rachel, that to trust that God is good.
sometimes we can overdo the will of God. Um, what's the What's the will of God that you that you turn from sin and live a life that glorifies Him? And I think we 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 overdo that, and it's like, what's the will of God that I would glorify Him with my life? That I wouldn't be centered on me. That I wouldn't be centered on people or things. That I wouldn't even be centered on my family. That I wouldn't be centered primarily on my church or, or myself. That 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 I. That my that my life would be devoted to Jesus, that I'd pick up my cross, that I'd follow Him, that I'd make every effort to make much of His name. That's what we're that's what we were made for. We're 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 image bearers of Him. He created us to His image, so we would reflect Him. We we're supposed to reflect His holiness. We're supposed to we're supposed to reflect His love, all of His characteristics to the world. That's our purpose to make much of Jesus and to boast about His name. And and then I would just add to that. Um, you know, people are going to say, "Yeah, but how do you know that?" You get in the word, yeah. you get in the Boom. word and you just study the word and through uh, reading his word and prayer, God will reveal those things to you. And that's the thing, too. I, In talking with um, people who don't believe in Jesus or God, um, there is scripture that that talks about you can try to study the word, but if you don't have the spirit of God living in you because you've accepted Christ and are saved, then you know, you won't understand it to the depths that a believer would because it is the living word. Can any of you speak to that, to that verse a little more? Um, do you know what verse I'm talking about? I don't, is that, is that in Peter? <laughs> Maybe it's I, not. I think or, you're right. Um, and on some, some level, I think it's like, if, if I were to see a, a picture, uh, or a, a really nice painting, a beautiful painting of, uh, of a waterfall, Right. And it's just and, and, and maybe there was, there was a painter who made it at the waterfall. He saw the waterfall and he painted out. And I, and I, I saw the painting. I'd be like, what an awesome, awesome painting. Right. OK. You know, but then it's like <laughs> if I actually yeah, go yeah. to the waterfall and I actually see the waterfall in person, I'm so much more caught in awe. I'm so much more captivated. I think that's what the spirit of God does to us. I think many people have read scripture and it's like, well, this is cool. But who cares, you know? But I think when mm-hmm. the Spirit of God is actually working in your heart, when when He's actually when He's regenerated your heart, when He's really worked in you, you 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 see Christ all over the Scripture. You see the glory of God actually moving through the pages of the of uh, of the Living God. You see God just resulting out of the out of the pages of Scripture, um, in just a whole new way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that this might be one of the topics of discussion. <laughs> I think I think that actually happens before we receive Christ. I think that. That as we go hearing the word of God, right, as we go, because the Bible says no, no man seeks God, none are good, none are righteous. So we, we in ourselves would never seek Jesus. But then the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So as we go hearing the word of God, as we go reading the word of God, God just goes illuminating our hearts. He goes changing our hearts in order that we would savor Jesus in order and then would receive him. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. yeah. So many interesting questions. We start yeah. to get into theology a little bit, but it's um, I was raised Catholic and um, I consider myself born again, which happened um, on the Adrian College campus, you know, um, in my early, early, early 20s or maybe even late teens. And um, like I can look back in times and uh, when I was a kid and and knowing God was there and believing in God. Um, but it was, v- salvation was very focused on works and earning it. And yeah, yeah. Um, so now it's, what if someone doesn't think that they're saved or have accepted Christ? Like, 
What does that look like? How does someone enter into that if they want to get to know Jesus more, God more? And they have questions, yeah. but they may or may not be ready to label yeah. themselves or whatever as a Christian, as someone who's, you know, quote unquote, striving yeah, I, I or think, empowered by the Holy Spirit. I think sometimes with that question of receiving Christ, though it is right, we have to receive Christ as our Savior, so I'm not denying that. But I think sometimes we ask the wrong question. I think it's it's not have you started or did you or did you start the race? The question is, are you in the race today? Mm-hmm. Like like today, am I seeking Jesus today? Am I following him? Um, not basing my salvation on my ability to follow, but are mm-hmm. my eyes actually on Christ? Am I trusting in what he has done for me? Am I resting in that? Um, to those who, who, who want to start to follow Jesus, I, I would just encourage them uh, to pick up the Bible, uh, to read, to get into a good Bible-believing church to get around people who can educate them on the Word of God, who can hold them accountable, who can encourage them um, and to just press forward, to mm-hmm. just press forward. I think sometimes we make too much of that of that initial start. Well, how do I start? No, no. Like, how do I start walking this walk? How do I, mm-hmm. how do I get into the race? Am I running the race today? Mm-hmm. I think that's more of the I think, too, that everybody is in a different I don't want to say starting point, but where they're at today and how they view church or as a building or an entity or Christians or God or Jesus, the Holy Spirit, we could be in different places. And so there, I think there are some people who are maybe eager to seek that out. But honestly, if I didn't identify with Christ right now, I'm thinking, I'm kind of wondering if I'd be more likely to be the person Maybe sadly, but to be honest, to privately Google search. Yeah. Um, you know, who is Jesus or what about Jesus? Or um, I don't think I'd be able to just walk into the sco- store unless unless God really gave me this, the oomph <laughs> to do yeah, it. Yeah. I honestly could see just a baby step, step starting as like a Google search. Yeah. And not that that's always the best and most accurate information, but I feel like that's like a super simple way to get started and you just start reading even about him. But then, yeah, yeah. hopefully that at some point, yeah. you know, you, you do pick up the word and because I didn't purchase my own Bible until it, it was a little bit later um, after I was born again, if you will, to some degree, but then I just like ate it up and I, I got like a, a study Bible, a living application study Bible. So there was a lot of commentary because I'm not that great at studying scripture. So that helped me learn who Christ is and how to yeah. live like him with those application questions because I didn't always have someone to walk with me. Hmm. And there hmm. are times, even if there was someone to walk with me or to take me to a church or whatever, there were areas of my life where I didn't want to let anyone in yeah, and, yeah. and it really needed to be God. It really mm. needed to be him. And so I think it also can start from this place of like crying out and yearning for him. Like, yeah. God, I don't know if you exist or, you know, Jesus, who are you really? I, I don't mm. completely understand, but there is, a, there is a void in my life, there's this void in my heart. Like, what's the point? Um, there's gotta be more than this. And I'm just, I'm tired of living life this way. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's good. I think just brutal honesty with God, you know, and yourself, just, right? yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, with yeah. both and just saying, Hey, 
I don't know if I believe in you. I don't know, you know, X, Y, and Z. And please just, just show me. And, and he's good. He's faithful. He'll, he'll lead you mm-hmm. to Amen. the right people. He'll read, <laughs> yeah. lead you to the right sources and, and open your eyes so that you're not spiritually blind and, and so that you can see the truth if, mm-hmm. if you're really seeking. Yeah. I think in, in Psalms 119, it says, um, David says, open my eyes to the wondrous things of your law. Mm. Where like David is just like asking God that he, that God would just open his eyes to what scripture actually has to say about Jesus. Um, so you, you're totally right on that. It's like praying that God, would you open my eyes to what I'm about to read in the scripture? If you really are who you say you are, mm-hmm. would you just like come out of the pages? Would I be able to see your glory in these pages? Would you actually cut me to my heart if you actually are true? Um, and just praying that, and you're right in that. And I, I think there's a scripture also about knock and the door will be open, mm-hmm. seek and you shall find and, mm-hmm. and those yeah. things. Amen. And yeah, he's, he's, He's faithful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Always available mm-hmm. to us. Yeah, no, no matter nobody, how many times we reject him. Nobody chases after God and doesn't run into him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, that's like nobody, so good. No, nobody, mm. nobody doesn't, does, so nobody good. doesn't like yeah. not run into God. Like you, you, you pursue God and you'll find him. Mm-hmm. You'll find him. You better said he'll find you. Hey guys, this is Leisha Cole, your host. I really hope you enjoyed the podcast so far. This is part one of three in this episode series called Living the Character of Christ with our guests, Alexi Torres and Rachel Hicks. Stay tuned for the next episode.